2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18 says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporally, but what is unseen is eternal. God, we thank you because of Jesus, who gives us hope even in the midst of hardship, in the midst of difficulty. So we honor you, God, and I pray that we'll hear your voice this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Thank you very much. My name is Humphreys, um, so I'm glad to be back. So Kelvin and I, who was leading worship here, we've been away for a month, uh, and it's so good to be back. And Kelvin did an amazing job leading worship at a church called Willow Creek. Some of you saw that, yeah? Come on, let's hear Jesus for that. It was absolutely amazing, absolutely beautiful. And in fact, we had some people from that church, Willow Creek, who were with us this morning uh, in our first gathering. Uh, today, I'm launching a new series that I've, we have entitled Construction Zone. And the bottom line for this sermon series is that God shows up in the chaos. God shows up in the chaos. All of us are actually a part of God's construction project. That wherever we are, wherever we are standing, God is building his kingdom in us. And there are times that we acknowledge our brokenness and we wonder how will God restore this? How is God going to repair this? But one thing that God loves to do is he loves to come in the chaos. And you see this in the book of Genesis, in creation. You know, uh, the scripture talks about the earth being formless. And guess what? The Spirit of God goes in there, and he's hovering over the earth, and something beautiful comes out of us. So you have to come out of that. The earth, what's beautiful, comes out of that. So God loves to come in the chaos. And I hope in this sermon series, that will be encouraged, that God is actually present and is actively present in our lives. He's actually working in our lives to the glory of his name. And today, our theme is that God shows up in the chaos of a hard season. God shows up in the chaos of a hard season. Can we agree that this is a hard season, right? And some of us, you know, um, maybe we don't know how we're going to move around this week because we are on the E, right? We've been waiting online. Uh, of fuel, and you're like, I don't know, man, how it's going to be. Or maybe you were online, and as you're getting closer, fuel, done. Did that happen to anybody this week? Yeah? Some of you, it did happen to you? And maybe some of you are like, I don't know if my transport is going to take me out you know, throughout this month because, you know, you planned that. This is how much I'm going to use per minibus, per, you know, per day. And then the minibus drivers have hiked up their prices. Because they're buying from black market, which is higher prices, and they're like, you got to pay us more, right? And you don't know what's going to happen there. And maybe some of you, like, you don't know where your rentals will come from this month uh, because it's just rough. Some of you don't know if you're going to find a job anytime soon because you've been searching for a year or maybe two or maybe even longer, and, you, and you're so exhausted of searching. Some of you don't know how your business will survive because life is hard. Or maybe... You just got bad news that you're not keeping your job anymore. And now you're in this season of saving your notice. And you don't know if you're going to find another job. Or maybe some of you feel like the dark cloud of depression 
is not going away, you know, just like there for you. Or maybe some of you, you don't know if you're really going to be healed from what you're suffering right now, or maybe what your sister's suffering from, or maybe what your brother or mother or dad, you don't know if they'll really be healed, and you're in that place of despair. Some of you don't know if you're going to keep your relationship, probably it's going towards breaking up, or maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe some of you have been heading towards divorce, and you're like, I never knew I could be this person, or I could be the person in a situation like this. I thought it happens to other people, but I didn't know it could actually happen to me. And that's hard. You're thinking about kids and how life will be, and, and you cannot really see the future for you. Maybe some of you just lost a loved one, or somebody really close to you, and your life has now been changed forever. Maybe some of you have been praying the same prayer for a couple of years now. And there's no answer. Hello? Maybe we can all relate to that. Maybe there's some of you that are just stuck in life. You know, everybody around you seems to be like thriving, seems to be like moving forward, but you and things are not really moving the way you want them to move. Now I can say about kinds like this over and over again, the list can go on and on. But maybe we come to a place where we wonder, will there be an end to this? Will things look differently? Will it work out for me? Now, in the passage that we have read this morning, 2 Corinthians 14, verses 16 to 18, we encounter a guy by the name of Paul. Now, a little background on Paul. Paul, that we call an apostle, there was a time when he, he actually hated Jesus. He was a murderer. Uh, he would murder believers or at least throw them in jail, those that would be professing Jesus. But through God's grace, he encounters Jesus as he was going on a mission to arrest some Christians, Jesus meets him and changes his life. Now he is the one preaching and talking about Jesus. And that brought him a lot of joy, but at the same time, brought a lot of anguish and hardship to his own life. Uh, if you go back to a few chapters before what we have read, if you go back to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, Paul begins to list of things that he has encountered that were hard. And one of the things that he says that actually catches my eye, he says that uh, I think they were out at sea and, you know, their ship was in wreck. Uh, and, and, and he says, we despaired of life. This was beyond our abilities that we actually didn't know if we we're going to leave. Maybe some of you can relate. Coming to that point of you don't know if I'm going to make it make out of this, if I'm going to make it out of this, if I will move out of this. At least, I don't know if life is going to be good. I don't know if things will turn out for good anymore. And now he writes his words. And it's not that he is out of hardship, but in the midst of it, he writes these words. Therefore, we do not lose hope. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. The guy who said, I don't know if I'm going to make I don't know if I will make it out of this, said, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You know, a few verses before, uh, you know, um, verse 16, if you go up, you know, he, Paul talks about being hard-pressed but not crushed. The guy who said that, he says, so we fix our eyes on what is, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporal and what is unseen is Eternal. Paul is encouraging us that in a time of hardship, 
we need to hold on to what is true because the reality is that when you're going through a tough season, when you're going through a rough season, it's so hard to see truth. It's so hard to see what's true. And we need to embrace what is really true. And it happens to you that I think often it's not that we need to learn new truths, but we need to be reminded of what we already know to be true. You know, it happens sometimes that you are going through a rough season, somebody comes to you, and they encourage you. You know, they come to you and be like, hey, don't worry, God is with you, it's going to be all right, let's read this passage. And out of that conversation, you feel encouraged. And it's not because what they said was new. No, they're the things that you already know. But just coming from someone else just pumps life into you. You know, and I think often we don't really need new truths. We need to be reminded of what we already know to be true. And I hope today you could be reminded of God's truth for your life as you're moving in a hard season. So what are the truths that we see in this passage? Truth number one, through the ugliness of suffering, God is changing you into something beautiful. Through the ugliness of suffering, God is changing you into something beautiful. Verse 16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Though outwardly we are wasting away. This means that, you know, all kinds of hardship that you face, even the kinds of hardship that uh, you can physically see on your body, you know, we are waste, outwardly we are wasting away, you know. There's something that we are losing because as people, we're actually moving closer to death on a daily basis. You know, so some of us maybe are beginning to lose our hair, outwardly wasting away. You know, he included that in this. Maybe you're beginning to lose our teeth or maybe our eyesight. Some of us are looking the, the darkness in our hair, like me, you know. Even though we are outwardly wasting away, he says, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Even though on the outside you are wasting away, but there is something amazing that's being built on the inside. Because the beauty that's being built on the inside cannot be compared to what is being destroyed on the outside. That on the outside, bit by bit, there's chunks of you that are going, wasting away. You're losing stuff. But even though it looks like on the outside, things are being destroyed, but there's something beautiful being built on the inside. We're being renewed day by day. And Paul does this deliberately where he speaks about the outwardness and he speaks about the inwardness of our souls. He talks about losing something and then he talks about something being renewed on a daily basis, on a daily basis. On the outside, things are being chipped off. But on the inside, God is building something beautiful within us. You and I can only see destruction that's happening on the outside and we can fail to see the beauty that God is building within us, more especially when we are going through a rough season. Now, let me zoom in a little bit. In theology, we have a word called sanctification. Now, sanctification, when that word comes up, uh, think about the word change. What that means is that we are, every day as believers, we are changing to become more like Jesus. That's what sanctification is. Every day, we are changing to become more like Jesus. Now, this is important for us to embrace this because there's a change that God is 
is working in your life. He's making you to become like Jesus. And God can use anything for you to become like Jesus. And I think even in pain, pain and suffering, God can use that to make you become more like his son, Jesus. Because God is beautiful, because Jesus is beautiful through his Holy Spirit. He is building something beautiful in you, even in your pain. Now, I need to say this. I'm a pastor who prays for people that are suffering and going through a great deal of pain. Now, hear my heart in this. I'm not saying that, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to come to you and be like, oh, look at this beautiful disease you're experiencing because something beautiful is being built in you. That's not the spirit of this. And I'm not even saying that it is God who causes evil or bad things happen to us. We can argue theologically about that, but I don't believe it is God who causes evil because I don't think God is like a bad pharmacist who creates a disease, releases it, and then creates a cure, and then says, ha ha, what, you're suffering from what? Don't worry, here's a cure. I don't think God is like that. I think God is like a good surgeon who cuts us open, not to wound us, but to heal us. He's good. So he is building something beautiful, even in the ugliness of suffering. God uses that to build something beautiful in us. And we see that even in Jesus. You know, through Jesus, you see Jesus Christ hanging out on the cross. Now the cross is, is, is an ugly uh, you know, thing. It's brutal. The cross is brutal. But you know what? God uses the ugliness of the cross to bring something beautiful that through the cross, you and I now have hope. Through the cross, you and I have a connection with God. So God would take the most horrible things and he comes in and he can bring beauty out of that. He can bring something amazing in your life. So whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through right now, God is working. And for God to bring beauty out of something, that means God is involved. Like he is present, actively present in your life. That means God is involved, working in your life and building something beautiful in your life. And that could be different for every single one of us. It could also be different even in our journeys of pain. Like the, that could be different. That beauty is not just one kind of beauty. It's all kinds of beauties. Sometimes maybe it helps shape, shape our perception of how we see ourselves and other people. Maybe it begins to uh, lead us to become more compassionate of the people that suffer the same kind of suffering that we have gone through. And brings a ministry out of that. Maybe it helps us to, it brings us to a place that we're going to pray prayers for people that we wouldn't have prayed for them if we didn't go through what we are going through right now. But whatever it is, you know, God will turn for good whatever the devil meant for evil. He will. I was uh, in a Bible study two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I was among us, these people that have Walked with Jesus for over like 30 years, some of them even longer. Um, I was the youngest in that group. Now, I'll be turning 40 this year, oh, you know? But I was the youngest in the group. And, um, you know, I'm sitting around these guys, and, and they want to hear my story and what God is doing here. Um, and then um, I, was, I, I was talking to them about fear and how God, you know, encourages and gives us hope. And one of them started sharing, said, hey, uh, I have lived with cancer for 12 years now. 
And I was very, very afraid at the start. Uh, but now as I've been moving in this, I now have peace. And I'm thankful. 12 years now, I'm still going strong. And then he turns to somebody else and says, tell us about your cancer. And this person says, yeah, the first time I was found with it, I was like, the first time? It meant there was, and then they said the second time, and they said the third time. God has, I was like, wow. And then they turn to another person and say, tell us about your heart disease. And this person said, I, I grew up with this uh, condition in my heart. And actually, I think they are like 70-something now. And, and they are like, this is God's grace that I'm here at 70-something. But they were very sick last year, and they thought they were gonna, that, that was it. And, and, and he said, um, I just had peace at that time that I think this is it. So I started preparing myself. It was so hard, another person who lost his wife and, and his son to suicide. We were just a group of eight people. So these stories are coming, every single person just sharing hard things. It was so hard to hear these hard stories, but at the same time, so challenging to see the faith of these guys in the midst of suffering. To see how God is coming through for them. Something that the devil was meant for evil. God tainted to mean good. Because the reality is, is that God may not stop suffering. God may not stop the pain coming into your life. But we know, we know one thing, that God never leaves us alone in the suffering. He comes in. And he doesn't want that to go to waste, so he turns it for good. Truth number two, what you're carrying is not as heavy compared to who is carrying you. What you're carrying is not as heavy compared to who is carrying you. Verse 17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I mean, to be honest, when we are experiencing hardship, it actually feels heavy. And probably it is. It is heavy. Now, Paul saying, for our light and momentary troubles, and before he continues, you're like, wait, what do you mean? For our what? For our light? Come on now. Paul, can we talk? Have you guys seen those memes that you have like rocks behind? And then they say, they, they, they happen on WhatsApp where they say, admin, let's talk. And you know, it's just not talk, right? Something is going to happen. You know, I feel like seeing that to Paul. Come on, dude, can we talk about this? Our light, it does not actually feel light at all. Because what I'm experiencing is actually heavy. It's actually a burden. But we know that this is actually true. So what makes it lighter? Who decides that this should actually be light? And I cannot think of a, of a better answer than God other than Jesus. Because what you're carrying is not as heavy compared to the one who is carrying you right now. Now Paul says, in this passage, you're seeing a lot of like comparison. In, out. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of that. And then now he's talking about light and uh, eternal glory. Now the word glory... Uh, in Chichewa, it's actually beautiful. It's called ulemelelo, which means heaviness. Uh, the word glory means heavy. You know, uh, the, the, the weight that's, that's heavy. You know, heavy weight, in other words. Uh, and, 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 and Paul says, your troubles are actually light, but God is heavy in weight. He's heavy in weight. And, and the word glory, you know, the, the root of it, 
comes from the word weight, but also it comes from the word rich as well. You know, rich, um, the Chichewa word as well, rich means uh, heaviness, kulemela, yeah, heaviness, glory, that's actually glory. So that's why um, if I, whenever I go to my home village, people will see me that I'm not as skinny as I used to be, and they will say, Humphreys, oh, praise God, you're so fat, look at you. You know, and guess what I'll say? Thank you very much. I praise God for his goodness, right? Because, now this nonsense of being offended by somebody calling you for whatever, like, that's not an African. That's not our thing, you know? Uh, because the idea behind it is saying that you have so much peace that we can see it on the outside. You see? Yeah? We can see it on the outside. There's glory, right? There. God is rich. Uh, you know, um, young people would say God is loaded. God is loaded. God is, God is heavy. So if you think of, kind of think of a scale, that your troubles, you by yourself and your troubles, it's going to be a scale, like unbalanced scale, you know, and you are on this side and your troubles are on this side. But when God comes on the picture, it flips because now the weight of God is on your side. Now, the heavy weight of God is with you. God is loaded. God is heavy. God is loaded in kindness, so he's never going to leave you alone. God is loaded in faithfulness, so he's never going to leave you alone. God is loaded in goodness, and he's going to show you his goodness every single day. That which seemed to be heavy actually becomes lighter because you're being held by a God, by God's glory. God's glory, the heavy weight of God. So your troubles may feel heavy, but actually Paul wants us to change our perspective and see that actually they are light because of who we have, who is carrying us. You know, you feel like you're carrying the Lord, but actually God comes and carries you. So who, the one who is carrying you is actually heavier compared to the things that you're carrying. So therefore, you can live in hope, remembering that what you're carrying is not as heavy compared to the one who's carrying you. And you know, Jesus actually gives us an invitation um, in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You know, he gives an invitation where he says, hey, the things that you're carrying, the heavy things you're carrying, let me carry them because I do a better job about caring, for, you know, caring them. So give them to me. Lastly, truth number three, your hardship is seasonal, but, but God's glory is eternal. Your hardship is seasonal, but God's glory is eternal. Verse 17 and 18 says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporally, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul, once again, compares our troubles, which are light, but also they are momentary. They're just here for a moment to the glory that's actually eternal. And with this, uh, Paul confronts a lie, confronts a lie that we tend to face every time we are going through a hard season. And the lie says, this will never change. This will always be like this. My life will always be like this. Nothing is going to change for me. 
because we often tend to think about permanence. Like this is here to stay. And Paul says, no, 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 it's actually not here to stay. It is light, but also it's here for a season. You might be feeling like this is going on forever. Will my situation change? I've been here too long. I don't know if it's going to change. And maybe because of that, some of we have been feeling like God is losing. I feel like God, God is losing because nothing is really changing. It feels like God is losing. But Paul says, no, no, no. Actually, here's what's happening. The troubles that you're facing are light and momentary. And in fact, what's happening is that they are working for or they are achieving for you an eternal glory. They're achieving for you an eternal glory. You might be feeling like, like God is losing, but actually God is working. He is not losing. You might feel like God is losing, but actually God is planning a surprise event. There's an eternal glory, an eternal glory, because in the end we know that Jesus wins. In the end that Jesus wins. So Paul wants us to have a better view of hardship. In other words, in this passage, what Paul is saying is that don't just look at the hard things in your life with the eyes of the now, but look at the hardship in your life with eternal eyes, that you can see this through the eyes of eternity, that hardship would, is never going to have a final say. God will. God's love will. God's goodness will have a final say in your life. So remember that your hardship is just for a season. And the good news is that seasons change. Seasons change. Seasons never remain the same. The good news is that seasons change, but God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So your hardship is seasonal, but God's glory is eternal. How can you apply this in your life? Number one, accept your hardship, but expect his joy. Accept your hardship, but expect his joy. You know, faith does not mean you dismiss that you're going through a rough season. You know, I kind of grew up in a space like that, where when you're sick, you say, I'm not sick, because you have to name and claim it. So claim what you want. You want healing. So you say, no, I'm not sick. People come and see me and be like, can we pray for you? You're sick. Look, come on, I'm not sick. Let's go to the market then. No, I cannot walk, but, uh, you know, I, I'm fine. I'm okay, you know. No, Paul says, actually, we need to acknowledge. So he acknowledges that we're actually wasting away. He acknowledges that. Outwardly, we're actually wasting away. But he never stops there. He expects to experience God's joy. So you can accept your hardship, but don't just stop there. Move a step further where you can experience God's goodness. You can live in hope. Living with hope means living in anticipation to experience God's goodness that God is going to be good for you and towards you today, tomorrow, and forever. So accept your hardship, but expect his joy. Number two, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Fixing your, your eyes on Jesus fixes your perspective. Um, he says we, are, we don't fix our eyes on the things we see, but on that which is unseen, because the things that we see are just here for a moment, but the thing that we do not see will be here for eternity. will be here for eternity. And sometimes you can feel like because something is more visible to you, it means it's more important or it's the most important thing. But actually, Paul says no. Just because it's visible to you doesn't mean it's more important. There's something else more important. The thing that you cannot see, 
So fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because he's going he's gonna to fix your perspective of how you look at life, how you see yourself. And lastly, remember that you belong to God. Remember you belong to God. One of the things that the devil attacks when you're going through a rough season is your identity. Where he wants to make you doubt that you belong to God. And he does that for Jesus as well. Like uh, in the wilderness, when he was tempting Jesus, he says, if you are a son of God, turn this, turn this stone into bread. But he starts with, if you are the son of God. He wanted Jesus to doubt, to doubt where we say, wait a minute, if I'm a child of God, why am I actually experiencing this? God is all-knowing and is all-powerful. Why am I actually experiencing this? And he wants you to make you doubt that you belong to God. But you belong to God. You belong to God. And God is fully present in your life. You are not the things that you have lost. You're not the things that you have. You're not the things that you don't have. You belong to God. God will show up in your chaos. We might not know how things will turn out, but we know that God is going to turn up even in the chaos. Amen. Just close your eyes for a moment. You might be here today and you're yet to trust Jesus. You're yet to put your faith in Jesus. Or maybe you've been coming to our church for a while. But you have not really made a decision to give your life to Christ. All of this will really not make sense. Your greatest hope is Jesus. I want to just invite you to take a step. You could be joining us online. Or maybe you're here with us in this room. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want you in faith to pray with me, to follow me with this prayer. If you want to just offer your life to Jesus, just say, Jesus, I thank you because of your hope. I thank you because you love me, because you are for me and never against me. Forgive me of my sin. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life. Help me to follow Jesus. Help me to love Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Now, for everybody else, whatever you're facing right now, I want to just invite you that together we just come in God's presence, that you can offer your burdens to the Lord. You can offer your burdens to Jesus and say, God, here I am. Jesus, here I am. God, I pray for your people. You know the troubles that they're encountering. You know the suffering, the pain. You know the things that they're encountering in their lives, God. God, you know where they need you the most. I pray, Father, may you show up in their lives. I pray, Jesus. May you bring healing. May you show compassion to your people, Lord. May you show kindness, God, to your people. I thank you, God, for your good. In the name of Jesus, amen. I want to invite you to stand as we worship God one more time. And we're going to have our prayer counselors just standing around the room. Uh, if you need prayer, feel free to go uh, to any of them, either during this song.
or at the end of the gathering and they will gladly pray with you. Let's worship Jesus together.